0: Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode 95, I am joined by Janice McCulloch as we are talking about making the choice to let go of anger. Oh my goodness, I really enjoyed this conversation and that real recognition that it's on me whether I'm angry or not. You know, we know people who are angry, we get angry, but ultimately there's a choice to be made and anger as well this conversation goes on Janice talks about her being a mom about her starting a new job about her commitment to campaigning about having imposter syndrome so there's lots covered in this conversation and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did Janice thank you so much for joining me on the podcast no problem I'm excited aha tell us a bit about you
1: so I'm Janice. I live in Dumfriessland uh, with my partner and two children. I um, I used to write a bacon blog. I don't do it anymore because I don't have time because I have two children and a job. I uh, I currently work for Scouts Scotland and the media and public affairs officer there. I've been there for five years. I love it there. It's a brilliant job. I love all the people there. I never really knew that much about Scouts before. I I. I Started working there five years ago. So it's been amazing to see the impact that Scouting makes on, mm-hmm. on young people right across Scotland. And I'm not leaving completely because I've signed up to become a volunteer with the Scouts and I'm going to lead Squirrels, which is uh, the new um, age group for four to six year olds for mm-hmm. for Scouting. So that starts this Wednesday, which is uh, mm-hmm. exciting but scary at the same time because I'm going to have a, a room full of 20 four to six-year-olds, and we're going to be making mini campfires with uh, lollipop sticks and little electronic candles, so no real fire for our first week, which is good. Mm -hmm. And I'm heading off to become head of campaigns at Myloma UK at the start of November, so a big challenge, but I'm really excited about it.
0: So that's a bit about me. New beginnings ahead, that's great. So given you're in that right place of transition, I can't wait to hear. What do you know for sure, Janice?
1: So I found this question quite hard, Mm -hmm. actually, because I've said to you before that I have a bit of imposter syndrome and thinking about what I know for sure was really, really tricky. But I think what I've thought about over, what I've found over the last 18 months during COVID was that one thing I... I don't want to do anymore is just hold on to anything that I'm angry about. Mm. So I spent a lot of the first kind of six months, maybe six to 12 months of, of being in lockdown feeling really angry about everything. That was how I reacted to it. I was angry that my daughter was, wasn't at school. I was angry that our charity was facing huge problems and we couldn't, you know, get any support. And I think it just it put me in a really bad place when I was reacting to everything really badly and then it got to the point where kids were allowed back out on the street to play with their friends again and we had this uh, Facebook group for our street and as soon as they were back out to play it was like, oh, can you tell the kids to not cycle on the street anymore? So I was really angry about that as well and I kind of thought about it and you know, there's no point, I found that Well, the first thing I did with that Facebook group was I left the Facebook group after arguing with them about them being on the street. And as soon as I left that Facebook group, I just, I didn't care anymore. They could stand sit on their Facebook group and moan about the kids cycling on the street if they wanted to, but I didn't have to see it anymore. So it was like a weight lifted and that kind of made me think back and and realise that you know, there's sort of two things I can do with that anger. One thing is I can just step away from it um, and let go of it. Or the other thing, which was another thing that I did through the pandemic, was I could channel that into changing the things that I I was angry about. So in terms of the kids not being at school. I set up a campaign group to get the kids back to school um, mm-hmm. with a bunch of amazing women, one of whom I'd met in real life before and the rest of them I hadn't. We just came together over social media and we set up um, a campaign group. It was called 50-50 in school campaign groups because at that point in time we were we would take 50% of their time in school. 50% uh-huh. was better than yeah. being at home mm-hmm. 50% of the time. And then in terms of work issue and you know the the response to to not getting funding I put myself forward to lead a campaign there about getting support for outdoor education centers Mm -hmm. so what I've realized over the last 18 months is that instead of feeling angry and just holding on to that anger for me there's either I can make the change or I can let it go Uh and that's partly why I looked to get a new job because I wanted to do more of that. I realized mm-hmm. that I liked that campaigning and aspect and for me it's almost a little bit of self-care. So mm-hmm. I know like you can get a little bit of self-care from you know having a massage or lighting a candle but actually it doesn't change the things that you're maybe holding on to or the issues that you're upset about and for me I can actually use my skills and try and make the change so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm not saying I'm very zen or anything you know I still get angry in the morning when my daughter (laughs) won't put her shoes on and get ready for school but you know I'm not holding on to the kind of bigger issues as much anymore I'm trying to let them go where I can or make the change if I can
0: I love that, the whole notion about making the decision to let go of anger, because we all, I suppose, know people, don't we, that are just, you would call, oh, he's a right, Mr. Angry. I mean, there's several people that I would say that about, I have to say, and therefore I don't spend time with them because I can't even be bothered with angry people, quite honestly. But how fascinating to go on that journey to change your anger into something like campaigning. Has that... That motivation, because the way you're talking I set up campaign groups to get kids back into school. I set up a campaign group for outdoor education. Because me stopping being angry would have felt different if starting a my campaign, I think. So where yeah. did that become the solution to anger for you? Can you see where that naturally became a solution for it for you?
1: I probably didn't know it at the time. I just mm-hmm. knew that I just couldn't sit back and just continue to feel sort of resentment about how things weren't changing. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, uh, honestly, what happened was, I, I, as many of us do, eh, I sat and typed a whole bunch of tweets and I was like, eh, I'm so angry that my daughter isn't getting this and I'm not getting that. And, uh, you know, these things aren't happening. for her, And I can see other people who are, you know, experiencing a better time. And, and a few people... Retweeted it, and I had to put my tweets on private for a little bit. And then, you know, I saw that there was a few other people saying the same thing at the same time, and I just thought, I, I can't just sit here and let other people do it, or be annoyed that nothing is happening to to change this. And I knew that, you know, I I work in public affairs, I engage with politicians on a regular basis, I know how to engage with the press. So I knew that, you know, there were things that I could do if I had the help of other people, I couldn't do it by myself. And I didn't know at the time that that was what was going to help me feel better. It was just reflecting back on it um, after a few months, probably after the kids were back at school and uh-huh. had that, that space to. In, in my head. Somebody, I think, asked me to write a blog about what it had been like being a mum during the pandemic. And, and it wasn't until I was writing that down and like reflecting back on it that I realised that, when I had got involved in the campaign, I had felt so much better because I was, you know, trying to make a difference and trying to change it. And I wasn't just waiting for somebody else to do that. And that mm-hmm. would be very different for other people. I recognise that, you know, other people would think, "Whoa, that's, you know, extra pressure. And and how did you cope with that? But there was an amazing bunch of, of other women we were all so supportive, you know, we all had each other's back and recognised how, you know, everybody's skills and and what we could all bring to the table. But it wasn't until I I looked back on it that I realised that that was what helped me and and really was what started making me think about moving on to a different job uh, where I could do more of that.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah, no, I recognise for a lot of other people, it would be like, wow, you're mad. What are you thinking about setting up a campaign? That's not going to help me. But for me, it made
0: me feel better. It made me feel like I was doing something to make a difference. And I really resonate with that, the need for your voice to be heard, for what you want to see about the world, to be in the world and not just in your head. I totally 100% on that with you. And you brought up, That phrase, I don't know, I think we maybe made it up as a people and we need to get rid of it, but you brought up the phrase imposter syndrome. And again, I would say that we all get it. You know, And before we started, I was telling you about a couple of my experiences of imposter syndrome, but now I bat them away, quite honestly, and I just think, why not? But has that... That, letting go of the anger, starting the campaigns, deciding this is what I want to do more of in the future, therefore getting a new job, going off on a new path, is that helping you sort the imposter syndrome or actually is it just digging you deeper into the hole of imposter syndrome? I would
1: love if it was helping me with the imposter syndrome. (laughs) It is not. And I think it's just... I think anytime you make a change in your life, you're just gonna sit there and think, "Oh, is this the right thing to do?" I'm really comfortable where I am. I really like the people. Like, I'm fortunate where, where I work. I really like the people I work with. Mm-hmm. I'm friendly with them. I like what I do. So I didn't. Ha- so for me, moving on to the new job, it's not like I'm changing from something I don't enjoy.
0: Mm.
1: And doing the campaign. I recognise, see if I was looking at myself from the outside, I would recognise, oh, there's a person with skills. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to see it yourself. But I would say about the, the 50-50 campaign is we still have our WhatsApp group. And as, you know, as soon as I said, oh, I've got this new job, they were amazing. And when I said, but I, I'm not sure if I'm the right person, they were like, don't be ridiculous. Look at all the things you've achieved. And if, if I was able to just stand outside and look at myself, then I could I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think anybody's their best when they're moving on somewhere and yeah. all of those questions come into play when you are taking a big step. It's a promotion, it's you know, it's going into a different sector. So I think, you know, anybody I think would feel insecure as you make that step.
0: Uh-huh. You talked about how you had two choices were you in anger and I love I love the notion of choice because I am continually the people that I work with and mentor and things I'm always saying so you've got a choice here because I think we sometimes forget that we've got a choice and you had very you said there that you had very two very clear choices you would either step away or you would change it so I'll either sit down or I'll stand up is how I would put that probably do you think that empowers you, therefore to make choices quicker? I'm somebody I think who probably I'll say makes choices too quickly sometimes is what I could say about myself. I definitely don't don't dilly-dally over a choice. if anything now I definitely I think I can make them too quickly, which isn't always to my advantage, I would say, <laughs> but do you think that that makes you feel better about trusting yourself when it comes to how you make a choice in the future?
1: I think I certainly have it in my mindset now, which I would never have had a year ago. I think mm-hmm. reflecting back, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have a year ago been able to say, look, what what can I do about this? I can either stay angry about it and just mull over it. Or is there something I can do to make a difference here? And I am weighing up choices differently now so i quite often would be the person that would stick my hand up to get involved in something you know we need a new we need parents on the you know it's not pta what's it called the parent group okay, or whatever. So i've
0: yeah, just parent joined that too so yeah, yeah.
1: I get that. So yeah i'll be the person that'll join i'll be the person that'll be the chair i'll do this and now i'm actually saying hang on do you need to be the person that stands up to do this every time? Because so, like, it's a choice
0: and, too, isn't it? Yeah,
1: That's a choice. There's mm-hmm. been different like, opportunities as well. You know, different people are looking for people to join their board and actually thinking, hang on, you're going into a new job. You're taking on this new volunteering opportunity. You've got two kids. you know, <laughs> got a house that is always messy. You know, you don't have to be that person every single time now mm-hmm. because I feel like... I'm weighing it
0: up differently to how I used to. So are you able, therefore, to be able to choose yourself? Because I think, like, for women especially, it's like you, we, put everything else first. So it's like, so I've got my kids and I've got my job and I've got the campaign and that I feel I need to do, that I've got a social responsibility to take part in and I'm volunteering on the parent council and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Do you, have you got to a place yet? Because you are, again, one of the youngest voices maybe that's been on the, the podcast because you are in your thirties, I think, Janice, aren't you? Yes, Yes. Yeah. thirties. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, have you got to a place yet where you're good at choosing yourself? Or is that still a journey?
1: Probably still a, a journey because the kids are quite young and everything kind of revolves around them, doesn't it? You know, yeah. they've got their classes and their groups, I think even volunteering with, with the, the squirrels group was influenced by the fact that my daughter's four and I wanted her to be able to go to it. So mm-hmm. even though it's a good opportunity for me, I'm learning amazing new skills, working with a bunch of people that I didn't know before and learning lots from them, it was driven by the fact that she's four and I wanted her to have the chance because, you know, the last 18 months, all, most of our classes were cancelled for ages. So, no, I'm definitely not at the point yet where I'm uh, putting myself... Completely first, you know. I think when I went to get my hair cut last, the hairdresser was like, When were you last here? Because, you know, taking that time out, you know, an hour or so to go in, and get your your hair done can be quite a lot when you've got loads of other things going on with the classes and job and, and everything else. So, no, I'm not, not there yet. <laughs>
0: and uh, do, do you know, and it, that's just like, I think it's interesting for women to share that on the podcast because I don't think any of us are there yet, is the point. And therefore, just sharing that truth and saying, well, I'm not there yet, but it's in my mind that I need to at some points and some decisions have to be about me. Then hopefully we give other women permission to make some of the decisions about them as well. And when you're contemplating, I'm noticing you're seeing your daughter's four and therefore half of her life has been, give or take, in lockdown. Does that, how does that affect you, I mean, you've told us about that you're angry and the campaigning and everything. How do you think you can bring your children? How can we bring your children? My wee boy is seven, my youngest. And I was thinking about that this morning, that really, you know, he spent so much of his formative years at school, not at school. And what do you do with that? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling scared? Are you feeling like, I'm sure it'll be all right? How's, how are you feeling about that?
1: I'm probably pretty optimistic about it. I think that, well, hopefully, you know, we're moving into a a better time where things are going to stay open and kids are going to have those opportunities. I think, though, I'm probably in quite a fortunate place. You know, we've got a, a nice home with a good space, a good garden. My daughters are able to, You know, we're able to afford for for my kids to go to ballet classes and gymnastics and all of that stuff. I think there's a lot of other people who probably aren't in that space. And I would, you know, where they've been at home and they've not had the different opportunities. They've not had maybe even, even during the pandemic, you know, Zoom classes and stuff. Our our kids had dance lessons on Zoom and stuff, and other kids wouldn't have had that. So I'm I'm, I'm optimistic in terms, I guess, personally for my own kids, but I think there's a wider bunch of young people who are really, really suffering. And those older kids as well. I mean, young kids have obviously had it hard, but, oh, I feel for those teenagers who were stuck at home with their parents for so long.
0: I know. Uh, My daughter did did her first year of uni in her bedroom, and now that she's in second year and she works all the time, she's at uni all the time, or she's in the pub all the time, and I watch her life and I'm exhausted, but I can't say anything. She's 18, and so it's not my business, really, to say anything, but equally, I'm like, she spent a year and a half in the house. Go and enjoy yeah. it. But I think she's going to feature some burnout by the time she's 19 at this rate. Yeah. Are you feeling, therefore, that this is us coming into something new? So you must feel a real newness in your life. You're starting a new job. Yeah. Kids are back. You're starting a new... You're going to be a... I don't know a big squirrel. I don't know what you're. you're no, going no, to be. we're not
1: having a name like that. I'm just going to be Janice. The <laughs> boss
0: squirrel. You're going to be the boss squirrel. The squirrel. Who knows what you're going to be called? <laughs> and what's the new things coming out now in life for you? Uh, yeah. You're in your mid-thirties. So how are you feeling now as you start to move forward with the kids getting a wee bit older? It is good once your other one starts school, and therefore your kids are getting a bit more self self reliant. How are you feeling about what's next for you and your life? Yeah,
1: I'm really excited. I think this is the first time in a long time that I've taken a, a more of a promotion as a job and taken on new responsibilities because I used to work in a consultancy when my eldest was younger and then I decided to kind of take a sideways move in terms of a career because it was in Dublin where I live, so it's closer to home. I could cut out the commute to Edinburgh whereas this is... That me taking a step in my career and I'm really excited about that although nervous but I'm really excited about you know trying to progress my career again so that is really daunting and exciting at the same time for me so I'm, I'm happy about that and I'm happy about the volunteering opportunity as well because it's something I've never done before so I'm in quite a sort of positive optimistic place I think And, yeah, as you said, the kids are starting to get older. So Jess, my eldest, she's in primary four, so she's not self-sufficient, but she, you know, can uh, get herself a a bowl of cereal and stuff in the morning, so that's good. And, yeah, you know, only a year till Emily will be at school as well. So it feels like a little bit of, you know things are getting slightly easier. I know probably people might be listening and rolling their eyes because I've not hit the teenage years, and I know that will be hard when we get there, but,
0: you know, yeah.
1: it's it's not this, like, they're not as, you know, you're not having to do nappies and things like that exactly. anymore. Yeah, they
0: can actually be on their own, doing their own yeah. thing in their rooms yeah. for a wee while, which is always nice. And I suppose huh. it just brings us full circle back to you're talking about all the new things, but and you talked about that choice you made, not to be angry and letting go of anger. They were all choices that you had to make, weren't they? You had to make all those choices to go for the different. It would have been comfortable, I always think, in my first job especially. I stayed too long because it was too comfortable, like my first job yeah. in my career. So actually it's quite a brave choice to, to decide, right, I'm going to do stuff differently now. But it does take that, like, I need to just make choices and that's yeah. it's a, lovely, a lovely encouragement to put out to other people, hasn't it? Make the choice.
1: Yeah, I absolutely had to make that choice because, you know, I've said it a few times, I enjoy being there, but I, I, was, I am comfortable there. And, you know, it's really important for me, especially thinking on what I've taken on over the last 18 months to try and stretch myself a little bit more yeah. and just make that choice to do something different and, and see how it works out because I think I would regret it Mm-hmm. Um, if it stayed longer and I don't want to be in that space.
0: Oh, thank you so much for sharing and coming on the podcast and good luck with all the new stuff. Yeah, fingers crossed it all goes well. Aye, I'm sure it will. <laughs> thank you so much, Janice. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite.